For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 707 on Montreal's News Talk Leader, CJAD 800. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. How are you doing, Josh? Great, Dan. It's our final show of the year, and I'm very excited because it's our first returning champion of the program. We've been on almost a year now and uh, profiling really incredible Montreal business people. And uh, I'll give you, I'm very excited for the, for the next guest because he's one of my favorites over the last season. Uh, so here's a clue as to, as to who he is. And with that in mind, and you know, it's going to be tough because I kind of skipped part of lunch today, but I'd like to welcome to the show Michael Eskenazi, founder, co-founder of Felix and Norton Cookies. Michael, welcome back to the show. Nice to be here. And I know, you know, the show, it was, it was our second show that we came on and we heard a lot about it. But before, and the last six months of Felix and Norton has been absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why we brought him back, because it's taken a, a whole new turn with his brand and image and, and fantastically delicious cookies. But Mike, before we get to what's really been exciting in the last six months, take us a little bit back. Take us back 25 years, just to give us a little bit of taste, so to speak, on how you got into this. Well, it started by getting fired from my job. And uh, saying, so what do I do now? I don't want to work for another one of these crazy entrepreneurs. I got to be my own crazy entrepreneur. So uh, I, I, baking cookies was a, a hobby of mine. And I decided that uh, there was an opportunity to make amazing cookies and, uh, and sell them. Even if a lot of people said, how are you going to make a living just selling cookies? Um, so I spent about eight months uh, putting together uh, recipes and a concept and finding the first location and in the spring of 1985 opened up uh, uh, the first Missy Felix and Mr. Norton cookie shop on Queen Mary in the corner of Decary. And you started with just a few of you? Um, at, at the time it was uh, my wife, myself and, uh, and uh, my best friend. Now today, Felix and Norton, I mean... There's few people, certainly in Quebec and, uh, and part of Eastern Canada, that don't know what Felix Norton cookies are, or the, certainly the name, the look, the image, the two guys uh, on the cookie box. But that must have taken quite a time frame to build. We know where it is today, but what was involved in building that brand at the outset? Uh, it was just a lot of hard work. Uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, we opened the first store. We uh, we got all our friends and family to come in, and we had amazing sales for the first four days. <laughs> um, but then they already had their cookies, and sales uh, dropped uh, dramatically. And slowly, we we did some local promotions and local advertising, and uh, and started to build up a following. And we'd see pretty much every day you'd see people walking in. Uh, pulling one of their friends or family members saying, come here, come here, you got to try these. These ones over here, these are the best ones. And, and, and there, there was, you know, this is before Facebook. Uh, this is the way people communicated. They actually talked to each other and touched each other. And, <laughs> and they, uh, the people, you know, they really had to share things they liked without just clicking on them. As I much on one of your menage à trois cookies here, I'm wondering how did you have the courage to to take something that was personal, a passion of yours, and then uh, make that leap into making it a business? Um, well, as I said at the outset, I was unemployed. I needed to find something to do, and I was 
really passionate about it. I thought that I could do something that was different and uh, that if I loved them so much and the people around me loved them so much, I thought that everybody would love them. And that's how things sort of turned out. Was there ever a point where you said, you know, maybe I took the wrong fork in the road, maybe I made the wrong decision, or would you, did you always have it in the forefront of your mind, this is totally going to work? Oh, there were quite a few points where I said, what the heck have I done? And uh, many of them have been more recent. Uh, it wasn't just at the beginning. It's been all the way through. There have been a lot of ups and downs in our story. Is there any one where you, you kind of said, oh, you know what? Uh, thank goodness I have some good friends and family behind me. Otherwise, I would pretty much shut the door. No, I don't think I ever wanted to shut the door. I think that for all the way through, I really, really believed that I had to built something that people loved and it's it doesn't matter where I where I go from from those early days from the early days of us going viral as I was talking about it um, people continually come up to me and tell me your cookies are the best I've never had anything I've traveled people people from all over the world want to share their love stories their stories of passion about uh, how, how how much they love my cookies so even when business wasn't going well or sales weren't going well I kept saying to myself there's got to be a way there's got to be some way of making this thing work and making it successful because so many people just love them so much was there a point where uh, you know because there have been such great times during the Felix Norton life there have been down times is there one either great or bad that you could recall and share with us and kind of guided you in a certain direction one. Well, one out of many, I'm sure. But maybe earlier on, either. Uh, and you, there was a great article in the Gazette this weekend that certainly portrayed a good uh, history, very as brief as it may be. So uh, perhaps there was something from there or, or something else that you'd like to share. Um, highlights or lowlights? What would you like to hear first? Um, let's pick a lowlight first. We'll end on the high note. Um, well, uh the, I, I mean, probably the lowest or one of the lowest moments, there were some pretty bad ones, but was when we, uh, in, in the late 90s, when we uh, expanded a little bit too much and into some parts of uh, the province where uh, our product probably wasn't uh, well suited. And we opened up expensive shops and shopping malls in places like Victoriaville and Chicoutimi uh, and some other uh, areas where uh, the uh, the customers just weren't ready to spend that kind of money on a cookie, and the stores uh, that was done through franchises, the franchisees uh, weren't able to make a go of it, and they ended up their business went bankrupt. However, I had made the mistake, or I'd been obliged to uh, sign the the head lease uh, on behalf of the franchisee. So when the franchisee stopped paying the rent, landlord came to me and said, "You've got to pay the rent." And that was a very big financial obligation, and it put us in a very serious hole. Uh, we were we were losing money hand over fist, and it, uh, eventually, it, it uh, despite the success of many of the other stores and the business in general, uh, that debt uh, w was insupportable, and we had to uh, pull the plug. And you know, it's it's interesting, and and it's sometimes sad that that entrepreneurs are so passionate and want to drive forward so much they don't always look at the potential liability. And it's something they always have to be aware of, however remote it may be. But you always have to have it somewhere somewhere on the radar. 
And uh, and as we hear the kind of down story, I'm looking to hear the, the highlight story before we get into the more active areas that he's been for the last uh, six months or so. Sure. And Michael Eskenazi of Felix and Norton uh, did overcome those troubles. And uh, you'll find out how after the break. If you want to join the conversation, 514-790-0991. Uh, Star Talk, Star 8255 on Bell Mobility. And you can also text in your comments or questions to 514-800. 715 right now on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. And now, me eat cookie. Completely appropriate for our last show of the year that we bring in one of our favorite guests of the past year here on Today's Entrepreneur, uh, Michael Eskenazi. He's the founder of Felix and Norton. And before the break, Michael, we were talking about um, some of the, the lowlights in this journey uh, that is Felix and Norton. And you've had to sacrifice a lot personally, and it, it affected your family at one point, right? Well, uh, you mentioned that we had this uh, lovely write-up in the Gazette on Saturday, and uh, my 21-year-old daughter came and sat down with me and asked me, what does it mean here where you said we almost lost our house? I don't remember that. What what happened? And uh, I told her about um, the next episode. We just talked about the, the, the bankruptcy of, uh, of our retail division, but I also had a wholesale division that uh, I, I uh, was, was doing very well with. And uh, I uh, received an amazing offer that was too good to be true, uh, or it looked too good to be true, and it was. Uh, to sell my wholesale business to this company uh, based in Toronto that was uh, publicly traded, and they would give me millions of dollars worth of shares in their company in exchange for all the assets of my company. Uh, I had a partner who owned 20% of our business, and uh, I made him a, a proposal saying, listen, I'm getting all these shares for our business, you can either get your your uh, percentage uh, of those shares and and come for the ride, or I can buy you out just before I make the sale, but I can't pay you until I'm allowed to cash in the shares and they're held in trust for three years. He says, okay, I'll take that option, but how will I know you're going to pay me? Uh, I need something to guarantee the amount that we've agreed on. I said, well, no problem. I've got the, our house is uh, worth a lot. I can, you know, I'll give you a mortgage on our house. My wife was very much against it, saying that's our last asset. And I said, come on, we've got millions of dollars worth of shares. What can go wrong? Well, a year <laughs> later, that company went bankrupt before I was able to get one cent out of those shares, and I, we lost everything. And now this guy needed to be paid, and there was a lot of negotiation that had to happen and it was a very very difficult time and we managed uh, to scrape through thanks to him being reasonable and uh, me finding a few other sources of income so that was uh, that was certainly an experience and and as we talked about before in those liabilities and guarantees that you sign you really got to stay on top of them now how much did that deflate you I mean you're this passionate entrepreneur things have been going really well and you've just been knocked down, your, your kneecaps have been busted. What do you do from there? Well, I, for me, it was it really was devastating. Uh, the, the, uh, besides the, the, the whole financial devastation, the guy that I was working with that I, I had uh, bought the stores and was operating all the Felix and Norton stores, and him and I were developing a, a good business relationship to grow Felix and Norton together again, uh, he uh, got killed in a car accident. 
another blow and something else you kind of had to deal with along the way. Yeah, and this was in the same year as I had been uh, financially devastated and was also 2001 uh, where I was also stuck in an airport on the 11th of September. And all of these things just took such an emotional toll that I said, enough, and I just walked away. I said, I can't work anymore. I can't live in this rat race. And I took a few years where I just focused on family and I got involved in the community, volunteering uh, with uh, with Yes Montreal and other organizations and uh, taking care of my health and my parents and my kids and uh, said, you know, questioning uh, the values. Uh, and it took a few years before I would get back into working again. In hindsight, I mean, I know I know where you are today and we're, we're going to get to more of that story. But was the year was there a few years off the absolutely right way to go? Would you have made that decision over and over again? I I needed it. I had been working. You know, my kids were eleven and nine years old at the time, and I had not really seen them. I was always on the go. I was working crazy late hours. Uh, some other people in this room might know about that. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to, you know, it was really more important for me to, to, uh, to get back in touch with them and get involved in their schools and, and all the things that I had missed. And, I, and, and it really was necessary. You can join the conversation at 514-790-0991. Michael Eskenazi is our guest, the founder of Felix & Norton, Star Talk on Bell Mobility. And you can also text in to 514-800 for 25 cents. CJD time is coming up to 7.23. More of today's entrepreneur after this. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. For professional C advice with a personal touch, consult full Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Oh, 7.24 on CJAD. Uh, the cookie edition of, the, of today's entrepreneur. Michael Eskenazi joins us, the founder of Felix Norton. And Michael, we were talking about before the break about your, your time off, you spent some time with family. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, as someone who's passionate about uh, this, this product that you started, you must have had the drive to just really jump back in there with full force. Well, it took a little while, but then I realized, well, first of all, I needed to, I needed to make a living. And uh, I did look for work a little bit, but I, I, I still owned the name and the recipes, and there was some income coming in uh, that got me through those times from the, uh, from the people that were operating the, uh, the, the Felix & Norton stores. Uh, but I just knew that uh, it could do a lot better than what they were doing with it, and I was looking for the right way to, uh, to, to bring it back. Um, I knew that... People loved the cookies, and they loved them the way I used to serve them in the early days, which was always fresh and warm, and the people who were operating the stores were serving them fresh, but not necessarily always as warm as they should be. And there, I thought that if I could get the dough into people's hands, uh, they could have fresh, warm cookies anytime they want. That There's a, something magical about the smell of cookies baking in the oven and... Uh, uh, being able to uh, bite into one and then have the chocolate drizzle down your your chin, and is that and that's but this is before you came with this uh, the truck idea. Is there, you know, how did you how were you able to get into it? Because you weren't manufacturing at that point. Well, I had a company that was manufacturing for me and supplying the uh, the Felix and Norton shops that were operated by the the candy chain, uh, but. I was working with this manufacturer who also had a distribution company and they were uh, selling to bakeries all over the city 
and uh, we tried to get Felix and Norton uh, into a lot of the little corner bakeries and uh, other other small shops um, by selling them the dough. And we got into a few, but sales didn't didn't really advance very quickly. And and uh, I was told by uh, a lot of the sales reps that worked for that company that well, you know, Felix and Norton was yesterday, and people don't remember you. Your brand isn't as strong as you think it is. People uh, are are not buying the cookies in the bakeries. And I said, well, maybe it's just the problem that that we're in a bakery. Uh, maybe it's the wrong type of uh, of outlet for us. But I said. What, the, what we have to do is get the cookies to people uh, so they can bake them at home or get them fresh, warm cookies. Now, how can I do this? So that's when I came up with the, uh, what a lot of people said was a crazy idea uh, of launching the Felix & Norton Mobile Bakery. Well, you know, at that point, as you said before, the smell of cookies, the warm cookies, you know, from a delivering of the product standpoint and making sure that the association of the fantastically delicious cookie with Felix Norton had to continue. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's why we, we named it Urgence Biscuit because we thought we could uh, was you know play on the, our, our uh, ambulances that we would be bringing uh, people hot cookies uh, wherever they were that they would just call us and we'd deliver cookies that we'd bake right on their driveway or as we were driving over there. That was the original concept. And we would also have a freezer in there and we could give them some dough so they could bake it at home. So... Uh, that's when we launched our, our cookie truck, was three years ago. And tell us about the truck itself. This was also in the Gazette story on Saturday. It's interesting, you, you had to uh, to go to the States to find this truck. Well, I wanted it to be, uh, in, I didn't want a smelly truck to take away from the, uh, the, the wonderful smell of the cookie. So I, I knew that, I had done a little research and knew that uh, you could run uh, vehicles on propane, which burns 90% uh, cleaner than uh, gas or diesel. And uh, then I also uh, figured out that I could use the propane to power the oven and the hot water and uh, other things that I needed in, in the kitchen inside the truck. Uh, so I, w I needed a propane-powered truck. Uh, the only place that I could find it was on Craigslist uh, in Portland, Oregon. And I had somebody uh, check it out, and uh, they said it was in great shape. So I flew out to Portland and uh, spent six days driving it back going, what the heck have I done? <laughs> Dri uh, driving through the cornfields of Iowa and thinking of the movie, uh, if I, uh, okay, I'm going to build it, but will they come? <laughs> you know, it's, and, and after we get back from, uh, from the next break, the revival of a brand to bring it back to life, and it, not that it was dead because plenty of people very, very well aware of Felix Norton, but to bring it back because it wasn't in a mass market uh, and the, the perseverance of Michael to do that, great part of the story coming up. And uh, what's next also, because there's some interesting new products coming up as well and, and down the line. So we'll get to that uh, in a bit. You're listening to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Our guest this evening, Michael Eskenazi, the founder of Felix & Norton, 514-790-0991. StarTalk is a free call on Bell Mobility. CJD time is 7.30 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.33 on CJAD, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Today's entrepreneur, our guest for our, uh, our season finale, the founder of Felix Norton Cookies, Michael Eskenazi. And uh, earlier, Michael, we were talking about some of the, the highs and the lows, Personally, I, I always, I remember growing up, 
buying your cookies, trying to look for them wherever I could find them. Finding them was, was an issue. I mean, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. Uh, I, I want to know where they are. How are you working on that, on, on I guess, raising your, your visibility and putting out new products so people can, can, uh, can grasp them more? And certainly, how did, the, how did this environmentally truck make that happen or mm -hmm. help make that happen? Well, there's still about 15 stores that are operated by the Sweet Factory uh, candy shops that uh, took over our stores uh, in 1998. At the time, there was 40-odd stores. Today, there's 15, uh, which I guess speaks for itself in how they've driven the business. Uh, but, you know, when I first launched the truck and got out and about in all sorts of events in Hampstead or TMR or, the, or Point Claire or uh, more recently at the Old Port, um, people would see the Felix and Norton logo from far. It was a big, big billboard, this, the truck, and they would come running up to it in many of uh, cases and just be so excited. We'd be looking, whatever happened to you guys? Where have you been? We, we love your cookies. And, and people would always want to take the time to share their story, their love story about how the, f the first time they tried them or the first time they shared them or gave them or got them as a gift or uh, to the point that th not once, not twice, but three times in the last three years, a couple has come and, and, and told us that they loved our cookies so much that when they were going out or when they got married, they introduced me to their son Felix that was named in honor of Felix and Norton. Three wow. times. <laughs> So you're a godfather and you now have a duty and an <laughs> obligation. Remember that liability you were thinking about earlier? So over and over, I kept seeing this kind of thing uh, happen, and people were just so passionate about the product. And I realized it didn't seem to matter where we were set up with the truck, whether we were in uh, Valleyfield or Point Claire or the South Shore, whether it was a, a high-income neighborhood or a lower income, whether it was young or old or male or female, everybody seemed... To to know our brand, to have a, a, a reverence for our brand. And I knew that the opportunity was as big as I had dreamed it to be and not the, what uh, some of the naysayers were telling me. Do you feel that after 25 years, because you have that brand, people remember it, did it need any updating, revamping, or did you just want to leave it as is? No, I, 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 I knew that... Uh, my next opportunity, you know, where I really wanted to go, where I'd wanted to go for years, was to sell our cookie dough into grocery stores so that customers could buy it and have that wonderful experience at home. But to sell to a grocery store, there was a lot of stuff I needed to do to, to change. I, I couldn't, I didn't feel that I could just plaster a, a, a my old logo on a box and and uh, people would just grab it and, and go. There needed to be some science to it. I needed to find somebody who could really help me to, uh, to somebody who understood the, the grocery store market, the, 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 gross, the, the, the retail market and packaging. Uh, there, were, there were so many issues with packaging. There's so many things you've got to put on a, uh, a package in a store. You've got to get the UPC code and your nutrition facts and, and you still want to make sure people see the brand but that you also want them to know what it is. Um, and I still wanted it to be fun and Felix and Norton has to tell a story. So I went out, uh, did a little research and I, you know there was a, uh, some products that I had spotted, the, the, uh, the Europe's best uh, frozen fruit. I said, these things are great. I wonder who designed them. And I tracked down the name of the designer and I, and I looked him up and found his website and sent him an email and said, hey, can I talk to you? 
and we got together and we hit it off uh, from the from the very first day. It's a guy by the name of Jimmy Bertolet, uh, who had just recently uh, left uh, his uh, uh, the firm, the advertising agency that he was working with, uh, the design firm actually, and set up his own. And uh, we spent many many hours together, Jimmy, my wife, and myself. And as he took us through all the steps of analyzing our brand, our uh, our company uh, as a whole, and where we wanted to go, and what our strengths were, and, uh, and and how to bring those things out so that people would would see them, but still make a package and a design that would would appeal to everybody, even if you didn't know Felix and Norton from before. Did you keep, a, and now this was a person that was a little bit new to the business or very new to the business, were you very focused and you knew you where you wanted to go or did you have an open mind to try and say, hey, maybe there is a different avenue or a different way to look at it? Oh, he uh, he really, uh, uh, pre- he must have presented, uh, without exaggeration, three, four, five hundred different proposals uh in, in some of them way out there things that were j- just made me laugh uh but uh you know slowly we we we, we they were they were grouped there were different themes there was some sort of an old fashioned theme or some very modern and until we we started to narrow it down to to a direction uh that we uh, that we could go in uh, and, and uh, little by little, uh, the logo got bigger and bigger as I kept pushing, saying, I still need all the people who knew us, who were fans, to recognize us immediately. But he brought in new colors, new new uh, text. Uh, the way we write the name Felix and Norton is completely different than the way we did, and uh, he's been a great help. It sounds like you, uh, you recognize that you can't do it all yourself, that you have to rely on outside expertise. Uh, what would you say to entrepreneurs who, who think that they can be uh, the accountant, the marketer, the PR person all in one? You, you still have to do a lot of the grunt work of those things yourself. Uh, I still do my own uh, bookkeeping, uh, but I have a real good accountant that helps me uh, with, uh, with in lots of uh, the, the strategic areas. And, and fine bookkeeping he does. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I, I really believe in seeking out experts. I've always run my business that way, and uh, sometimes I didn't listen to them. But most of the time, uh, you know, I, I think that there's people who have so much knowledge that, that can really help guide you, uh, and uh, it, it, it's something I really recommend. It's hard to spend the money sometimes, but uh, if you want to, to grow your business, it's a, it's a necessity. So you've redeveloped packaging, you have this a little bit different look. How does an entrepreneur, now that you've kind of reinventing yourself, but still still kind of smallish, how do you go up and say, hey, Mr. IGA or Mrs. IGA, I want to come into your store? Well, actually, I had uh, first danced with uh, another uh, uh, company uh, that everybody would know, but I won't mention their name. Uh, about putting our stuff on their shelves, and they turned me down. They said it's too expensive. They, uh, why would people spend that much more than a Pillsbury cookie for a Felix and Norton cookie? And I said because it's a completely different product. Unfortunately, they both have to be called cookies, but uh, our cookie is all butter and 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 it's one third Belgian chocolate, um, and we imported ourselves from Belgium, and that costs a lot of money. Uh, but 
very soon after, uh, the people that I that are I'm working with had some very good contacts at IGA at Sobeys, which owns IGA, and uh, introduced me to the buyer that they were working with in the bakery department, who uh, was a big Felix and Norton fan, and I find that keeps helping me. I, we didn't mention that the de- the, the designer, uh, the brand expert, was also a big Felix and Norton fan, which also helped uh, you know start to kick things off. But when I went in to see this lady with with some freshly baked warm cookies, I actually parked my truck right outside the IGA offices so the cookies would be really hot mm-hmm. when I walked in to sit down with her for the strategy. First time. Seriously, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, she was extremely excited about it right away, and we uh, we started to discuss. And I showed her where my brand image had uh, had come to, and the and some ideas for packaging that we'd put together. And she uh, she jumped all over it. She was really excited about it. She saw huge potential. It sounds like you you know you really tried to establish a relationship, a business relationship, or a clear relationship. From the get-go, regardless of size of company, one versus the other, you were trying to get to the person and deal with the people. Is that something that was deliberate? Well, absolutely. I, I, that's that's another one of my big learnings uh, of t- uh, being a businessman for 25 years. So much of uh, what works in business is based on relationships. You can, you need to have a a, a good product, but. Uh, to make things work, it's all about your relationships with the people you're working with, uh, whether they are suppliers, whether they are uh, your your customers. You've you've got to uh, to build on those relationships. Now you're lucky to have a, a brand that was known and a product that people love. But if people are introducing a new product, maybe and are going into, into that pitch situation with a retailer, uh, what, what advice would you give them in terms of uh, of selling their product or, or communicating that passion? Well. First of all, they've got to have that passion. They've got to really believe that they've got something that's unique. And you've got to focus on what's unique about your product. Too many people, uh, I, I think, spend a lot of time saying that they're as good as the other guy, but a little cheaper. Or, or, or uh, they, they don't uh, point out the advantages they're busy giving much more general things. So, uh, we believe in quality and service. Every, who does it, Who in business yeah. doesn't believe in quality and service? You've got to find more unique, your unique selling proposition. And the differentiation from company to company, it's clear. Everybody's got to put on thinking hats, whether you're selling product, whether you're selling service. Everybody wants to know, why am I dealing with you? Yeah, it's great when you have a referral and it's somebody close, but you really got to take the time. And the entrepreneur to say, sit down, Think about it, right? A brainstorm with his people. It doesn't really matter. But to come out with, this is why I'm different. This is what it is. And to Michael's point, have a strategy when you're delivering it. Because just walking in the door and hoping for the best doesn't work. Plan, plan, plan. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD, our guest is Michael Eskenazi, the founder of Felix and Norton Cookies, and he's of course brought samples that we'll munch on during the break. 514-790-0991, StarTalk on Bell Mobility, and you can also text in your comments or questions to 514-800-745 on CJAD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 748 on CJAD. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest this evening, Michael Eskenazi, the founder of Felix and Norton. We were talking about relationships before, and Michael, you were starting to tell a really interesting story about 
driving up with the with the cookie truck, Urgence Biscuit, Felix and Norton, and walking into the IGA with really warm cookies. Continue the story from there, please. Well, so she she was interested, and I I knew I had uh, a very receptive uh, person on the other side of the table. So I said, "Come, come, come with me," and I dragged her out of the uh, the the her big offices to see and smell the truck, uh, and, and told her a little more. It gave me another half half an hour almost with her, and uh, so I, I I guess I wasn't as surprised uh, a few days later when she called and said, "We're really interested. We'd like to go forward." And uh, but but would you be open to giving uh, IGA or the Sobeys Group an exclusive, meaning that I wouldn't sell my uh, my cookie dough to any other grocery store for a period of one year? And I asked, well, what could I get in exchange? And so we discussed a few things. They promised me that I would be in their uh, month, their weekly circular. Uh, uh, they'd give me two occasions at no charge. I said, well, that's pretty good. Uh, can we do it in November and December, when we, uh, which is, you know, the key uh, key time for our product? And she said, sure, no problem. And uh, then she said, here's another thing I, I would uh, be able to do for you in October and November. We do a tour of Quebec where we give a training course to all of our uh, managers uh, on uh, display and on uh, uh, various marketing techniques. Would you uh, be able to come along with us and uh, uh, present your product to all the store managers of all IGA stores all over Quebec? And it was just an amazing opportunity. I got to uh, to tour all over Quebec and meet the people who would be the actual ones responsible for ordering and displaying our product and put a fresh warm cookie into each of their mouths. Hmm. So instead of, uh, I've talked to other suppliers who say it sometimes t- can take many, many months or a year before your product really is available in all the stores because just it, just there's you know it's a big organization it takes time. Did you did you expect things to move that quickly? I mean, when you went into that meeting, you certainly had a goal to sell the product and get into the stores. But did you anticipate everything that kind of went from there? Josh, I'm an op- entrepreneur. Things never go fast enough for yeah. me. <laughs> but that that's the what you know the little voice over one shoulder but the the realist side of me yes you're right says it, you it, know things take a while yeah, sometimes yeah. and no uh you know certainly until from that meeting in early July until we actually launched our product around the last week of October this year that period was a very difficult wait although I was busy and there was a million things I was doing the, all that anticipation was really hard but since the 1st of uh, November uh, it has been uh, a, a, a really amazing uh, in terms of results. And let's talk a bit more about, about this new product. Uh, that's that's really interesting. Um, it, it, it's in a jar. It's in kind of like a, a tub. A, a tub. Yeah, I guess it's the best way to express it. Um, and like you said, so important for you to uh, to get cookies, fresh cookies, into the hands of people. And and this product is going to do that. Well, yeah. I, you know we've. This is thanks to the help of, uh, of uh, my design guru as well. We came up with uh, the idea of uh, actually cutting the, uh, the, the the cookie dough into individual pieces. 
um, so that uh, the consumer, all they have to do is pop the lid off and uh, toss them onto a cookie sheet, and eight minutes later they have fresh, warm cookies and a lovely smell in their kitchen. There's, and they, they can make, if they only want to make two or three or five cookies, they just put the lid back on and put it back in the freezer, and the rest are good for later. There's you know, 20 cookies in each of the containers. Certainly you're dealing with fresh product, and, and that's, that's the sell, the warm, the, the fresh, the Belgian chocolate. Earlier you were talking about price point. When you were marketing this to the various stores, you must have had this in the back of their head, or were there any questions about comparing this to the, to the lesser products, and, and how did you kind of overcome that? Well, that was certainly one of the bigger anxieties. I mean, Felix and Norton, uh, they've always said to me, uh, uh, that they're really good. They're really expensive, but they're really good. Uh, and I and I heard that uh, hundreds, thousands of times outside the cookie truck uh, in English and in French. Son cher mais son bon. And so I knew that people expected us to be expensive, even if they didn't. Nobody likes when they find something expensive, but. That's also part of who we are. I mean, we, we, we put really expensive ingredients in. There's really no way for us to, uh, to, to offer this kind of quality. But sure, was I nervous? Would people actually buy it at that kind of a price? I mean, it was the same feeling I had 25 years ago when I opened my first shop. And I was wondering, well, sure, everybody loved my cookies when I was giving out free samples to family and friends. But would actually, anybody actually show up and buy it? Well, it's been the same kind of story again 25 years later at IGA. Today's Entrepreneur continues after the break with our guest, Michael Eskenazi, the founder of Felix and Norton. 514-790-0991. Star Talk on Bell Mobility. 754 right now on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.56 on CJD, remaining moments with Michael Eskenazi, the founder of Felix and Norton Cookies, and uh, Michael talking about this new product. It's not it's not where the uh, the traditional cookie dough products are, right? It's usually at a different it's in a different location at these supermarkets. Uh, yes, the the IGA has uh, decided to put us in their bakery department. Uh, the the freezers in the bakery department is where they have all their high end uh, cakes. You know the mousse cakes and cheesecakes and Things that uh, that can retail for twelve to twenty dollars uh, for a cake, as opposed to, say, a McCain's cake that's uh, two ninety nine in the uh, in the in the regular frozen section. And so it's it's a natural place for us to go. Uh, it's it's the logical place. Although I know I've heard from some people uh, contacting us on our Facebook page saying I went into IGA and I couldn't find <laughs> it because maybe people are looking in the other freezers, but. Does does IGA let you stay involved in the in deciding the location or like how, how do they involve you in their strategy of selling the product? Well, because we've uh, built such a close relationship, not just with the people at the head office, but now we've gotten to know a lot of the people in the stores. We are making regular store visits and uh, talking to the managers about where it's positioned. Hey, you know, you've got us on the bottom shelf. People aren't going to see us down there. Uh, this is a, you know, it's a new product. You got to let people know uh, it's in your stores. Can you move it into uh, the big open chest freezers? Um, and the other thing we're doing uh, is we're doing a lot of uh, sampling because nothing sells a cookie 
like a fresh warm cookie. And so it's actually still uh, the, the original founders of the company, my wife Gina and myself, who uh, pull up our truck and bake the cookies in the truck and serve hot cookies. Uh, in fact, we'll be in uh, Nuns Island on Wednesday and Il Perot on Thursday. So th- with this, I will say rejuvenated life, although Felix Norton really hasn't disappeared, is there any piece of, of advice or words of wisdom you would give to today's entrepreneur? Um, it, it takes a lot of passion. It takes a lot of hard work. Uh, it never comes easy. Uh, I, I'm always uh, amused by the people who look at me or who I, I hear talking about me saying, oh, he's got it so good. He's, he's, he runs this big company. I was up at five this morning baking cookies for some some corporate orders, and then uh, and the same thing tomorrow, and then and Saturday night till eleven, and 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 it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of hands-on uh, uh, work to to really communicate with your customers and know your business. And I think if you look up entrepreneur, uh, you know, in the dictionary, or you see people around, it's certainly it's perseverance and success in the face of adversity. And clearly in the story tonight with the ups and the downs, that's what it takes. Entrepreneurs got to know that, hey, you got to pull up your bootstraps sometimes and just keep going. And if the entrepreneur has that passion, then he'll certainly do that. But bear in mind, planning. You can't do it without planning. You can't do it without necessarily signing off your life with uh, unlimited guarantees. And with that, we close out our first year of Today's Entrepreneur. Uh, Michael Eskenazi, founder of Felix & Norton, thank you so much for joining us again tonight. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Uh, January 24th is when this program returns. You can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit their website, flmontreal.com. On their website, you can also find an archive of uh, these programs. And tomorrow, uh, this program with Michael will be on the website as well, flmontreal.com. For Josh Miller, I'm Dan Delmar. Have a good night. Friendly Fire is next.